Welcome back to the journey through the Bhagavad Gita. I'm Radha Priti, and I'm here with my friend Balaram and Chaitanya Charan. And today we are on day 34 of our journey through the Bhagavad Gita, and we are starting in chapter 2, text 47, right? Yes, text yeah. 47. Thank you. So this is one of the commonly quoted verses from the Bhagavad Gita. It's widely known, not so widely understood, or often widely misunderstood. I'll explain why. Karmane vadhikaraste maapaleshu kadachana ma karma palahe turbhur maate sangostva karmani. You have a right to perform your prescribed duty, but you are not entitled to the fruits of action. Never consider yourself the cause of the results of your activities and never be attached to not doing your duty. So, let's begin with, first of all, what's going on in the Gita, and then where this verse comes, and why it is misunderstood. So overall, we were discussing now, in this particular section, it starts from 38 onwards. 38 to 53 is basically broadly Krishna talking about spiritual growth, the path of spiritual growth, and specifically through karma yoga over here. Now, in that context, 40 to 46 was basically how karma yoga is better than karma kanda. Now, Krishna is going to from 47 onwards, it's more of karma yoga itself explained. What is karma yoga? And how does one practice it? That's what is being explained in this verse. And I'll break this verse down into four parts. You can say that A, B, C, and D. Now, in each of these parts, let's see what Krishna says. Right to work. You have karmane vadhikarasti. Then ma faleshu kadachana. Not to results ever certainly. Mm. So then ma karma falaheturbur. Not the cause of the result of the work you are not the cause of work's result, you are. And then lastly, be not attached to not working. So these are four broad points and each of these points is significant. So if we could consider that this is the work that we do. Now, every work that we do is meant for a particular result. Let's say if I could put this above us, the work is like a burden that we are carrying. So the work we do so that we can get a particular result. So what Krishna is, Gita is saying is you have a right to work, not a right to result. And then says that, don't think that the work is the cause of the result. 
But at the same time, if you think that the, if the work is not going to produce, produce the result, then why work at all? But don't think like that. Don't become attached to not working. So these are four points A, B, C, and D. Now, the most counterintuitive or at least countercultural point over here is that generally it is the result that inspires us to work. So any most great achievers, mm, they say that we envision the goal. Somebody's Olympic gold medalist says that, okay, since the age of, age of seven, I used to envision I climbing on that podium and holding the gold medal or the trophy or whatever. And then now today my childhood dream has come true. So generally, it is a result that inspires, motivates us to work. Now, if we literally use the word work for a job, then it's the salary that inspires us to do the job. If somebody says, don't consider the salary, then why would I even work? So that part does seem contra contradictory. If some boss tells us that you have a right to do your job, but you don't have a right to the salary. What nonsense are you talking about? Uh, why should I even do a job like this? It says that your job does not produce a salary. Your job is not the cause of the salary. Yeah. What do you mean by that? If, if job and salary we consider, then if I'm not going to get a salary, then why should I even do the job? So that's the point that could come up. So this does seem to be a, a verse that goes against common experience of how we function. Have I made the problem with the content of this works, works clear? Would you like to clarify or add something? Yeah, no, it makes perfect sense. It is contrary to the way that we think. But I, I yeah. found this verse to be one of the most powerful ones when I started implementing in my workplace. Because when you're not focused on the result, it like, it feels, you feel so like, calm <laughs> and it like relieves the anxiety which yes. is amazing <laughs> that's you got you got to the point of that exactly there are three ways in which i understand the words i'll try to explain it and we have come to one of those thank you for that so now the first thing is results are not the same as goals that the gita is not against goal setting in fact, we just discussed earlier in 2.41, the words which said that those on the spiritual path have one purpose, while those on the material path, they have their intentions in many branches, they have many purposes. And Krishna is lauding those who have one purpose. So it's not that one is against purpose or against having a goal for one's work. And in fact, right after the Bhagavad Gita was spoken, in the subsequent war that happened, Every day, Arjuna, who is a student of the Gita, would set goals. So, because of both these points, Arjuna set, was setting goals, and also that the Gita itself lords 
the point of goals earlier. So what does it mean? It's not literally against goal setting at all. So to differentiate between these two, you could say goals are what they come before we do the work. In contrast, results are what come after we do the work. And there is a categorical difference between the two. So when we are doing something, yeah, it's, it's good to have a goal. Not only good, it's necessary. Okay, why am I doing this? But while we are doing it, so let's now talk in terms of time. Timeline before, during, and after. So in terms of the work. Now, before, it's good to have a clear understanding of why am I doing this. But then during, during the work, in one sense, it's the time of immersion, of absorption. Let me just focus on the work. If while doing the work constantly, I'm worried about the result, then that will distract me from the work. And many times, with after the work has been done, it is important to, for us to move on to the next thing. If a student has given the exam, and now, after the exam has been done, the results are going to come after, say, one month. During that period, it is not very worthwhile for the student to constantly be thinking, oh, how much will be my grade? Will I get this much or that much? Will I, what will happen? What will happen? So, in one sense, here, when we have why, this can bring clarity. Here, if we start focusing on, that means before we do the work, if we think about what we are doing, here it's more in the phase of goals. And that brings clarity for us. But while we are doing the work, if we start worrying about the results, then instead of immersion, we get distraction. Mm -hmm. And after we have done the work, if we worry about the results, that leads to anxiety. So what you said about a lot of pressure and release of the pressure, it does work over here. It, it does hold true. So this is one way to understand that the Gita first differentiates between goals and results. And then it asks us, you can say the Gita wants us to be, in contemporary languages, process-focused, not so much product-focused. If you do the process, the product will come. But if you obsess on the product, then you may not you may get distracted from the process, and then you may not get the result. So if somebody is say playing a sports match, a cricket match, a batsman is batting and the batsman wants to score a century, it's good. But if the batsman is too much thinking about a century, then okay, right now I have to face this ball, I have to score off this ball. That is important. So focus on the process. The product will eventually take care of itself. So that's another way of understanding what this verse is saying. Yeah, to okay, be so honest with you, this yeah. was one of the first things that like really affirmed my faith in the Gita was just trying this out and seeing how true it is. 
because when you then when you're not distracted by focusing on the result, you can even connect so much more to what you're trying to do and the intention behind it. And in that way, it becomes so much more powerful. It, this was an exciting thing for me when I started this and my career just took off. <laughs> really? Career also took off. That's nice. Yeah. I just became so much more aligned. And then it was just, mm. yeah. You can say that this is more connected with action as well as intention. And then ultimately we get connected with ourselves more. The self itself. So it, I think the fo focus on the result just takes us away from all these things. Mm -hmm. Better connected. And this is where now these are two ways of understanding the words from a contemporary perspective, something that will make sense for us. But now we could go further and look at it from the flow of the Gita perspective. What is going on? So I'll be discussing three understandings and then we'll go to the philosophy of behind the words. But here, if you the, remember the world I will discuss is a place of dualities. There is happiness and there is distress. And this keeps alternating. And in 238, for example, Krishna said that don't worry about this. Sukhe dukhe samay krutva. In happiness and distress, be equal. So if you consider this is the average level and around the average level, we keep going up and down. Then, generally, what we try to do, if I am here, we try to attain happiness and we try to avoid distress. Hmm? But these, this up and down will keep happening inevitably. And but all this is happening at okay, not put it there, put it. This all is at the material level of consciousness. Now there is another level of consciousness that is the spiritual level of consciousness. And if that is there, then basically the person focuses on rising toward that level. This essentially is yoga. And when one is trying to rise to that level, then that person consciously stops fixating on whether in the process I am getting material happiness or material distress. Because both of them are so small. Both of them, even if I gain it, say, if we consider, to take this example forward, say this is like a 5 million, $5 million gain. And this is a $5 gain. And this is a $5 loss. Now, if I'm spending all my time say, protecting, oh, I shouldn't lose this $5, or I want to gain this $5, and my energy is so caught in that, then, then maybe I can go somewhere else where I can get $5 million. 
but I forget that. So I consider this to be a path. At the end of the path is this treasure of $5 million. Now, along this path, maybe here is a $5 note lying. I could go here, but if I'm in chasing that note, I move away from the $5 million. Or maybe, so here, a gust of wind comes and pushes, I have some $5 with me. So here you could say this way is dollar five note gain and say I already have five dollars, but that dollar five is pushed away from me by the wind. Means in my pocket, but a gust of wind comes and pushes me away. So here there is there is temptation. Oh, I can gain this. Now here there is some tribulation some loss. So where the $5 note is being snatched away by a thief or swept away by a wind, then if I go chasing after that, then the result would be that again I am moving away from that $5 million and losing those $5 million. So when the Gita is saying that okay, be detached from the results, what it means is these results in this world they are like the $5 gain. And not getting the result is like the $5 loss. There is something much greater to achieve. And this greater to achieve is spiritual consciousness. It is self-realization. And if you attain that, then there is enduring eternal happiness available for us. Therefore, focus on that. That's the theme going on over here. Hmm. So, any comments, Radha Balram? You used kind of a similar analogy when on the last verse when we talked about the wells, the different wells, and how all the purposes of the Vedas can be served by the was compared to the great reservoir, right? Yeah, Where like the wells were just a few dollars, but the reservoir was like a billion. So it's like why even why even pursue the wells, right? Yeah. That's a good point. I'd use the same example for a different purpose. There the purpose was that there are particular things which will give us $1, $2, $5. But why do that when you can get a million dollars? But here it's more at some things may take away $5, some things may promise $5. So it's similar. Mm -hmm. There it is more of, here it is more for, here the metaphor is more for dealing with duality. Okay. There it was more, the metaphor was for um, alternatives to spirituality. Okay. Now, in one sense, the alternative to spirituality is um, is involving duality, but the focus is slightly different. Sure. So, but good, good connection. Thank you. Well, I'm I love this picture of looking at the treasure and the two sides. Um, but 
as I was reflecting on this, I was thinking that, you know, my conditioning and so many people is that I like rewards and I don't so much like the work. And so I'm wondering, how do you develop a taste for the, for the work itself? That's what this verse is hinting at, no? that there's some taste there. Yeah, I think the concept of taste will be introduced about a dozen verses later. Here it's more of one understands that I'm bound. The bond material material bondage is like a disease. And if you are our the yoga practice, yoga is like the therapy, the treatment. The treatment is yoga practice. And then why, if somebody has a long disease, a, a, a disease that they have had for a long time, and treatment is also going to take a long time, then they shouldn't rely too much on say, one day I feel better, one day I feel not so good. As long as overall the health is improving, there could be ups and downs. They don't matter so much. So the the in this case, the reward is just the overall knowledge that I am healing. So, in this case, you could, you could talk about the reward or the mm, feel good that could be there and be healthy. They're two different things. Now, feel good can come from pain medication also, but that's not mm -hmm. really making a person healthy. There's curative medication that makes the person really healthy. And the curative medication which makes a person feel healthy might not immediately lead to the person feeling better on a day-to-day -day basis. Hmm? So it, one needs the intellectual conviction. The next verse is, the earlier Krishna has also used the word buddhi. Buddhi is intelligence. One needs the intelligence or the intellectual conviction hmm, to keep persisting even if one doesn't necessarily feel good on a daily basis. Okay. So, so the, what the Gita is saying in this to, to summarize this verse is that when we are working it's best to know that our work, in one sense, when we work, this is the last part I'll talk about. The work has a material result and the work has a spiritual result. So it's important that the we, if to the extent we are detached from the material result, the extent we can progress toward the spiritual result. The spiritual result is that we start understanding who I am, what I am doing, and uh, what do I learn about myself through the work. So work can itself lead us toward self-realization if it's done with a mood of detachment. And that theme will be elaborated in the subsequent verses. So in one sense, it's not so much be detached from the results. It's more like 
be attached to something bigger than the immediate results. Something bigger than immediate results. So, just like a student is studying, and normally when a student studies, the student wants good marks. They want marks so that they can get a good job and earn money. So you could say that if you are studying, studies that could be for marks, it could be for money. These are important in their own way, but studies could also be for mastery of the subject. So you may or may not get the marks immediately, but mastery of the subject is something which will be enduring asset. You know, you have a mind trained to learn. That could be a lifelong asset. That person gets that. Or that person learns self-discipline by studying. All these are also helpful. And some might be more helpful than others. So you could say these are more immediate results. And those are more long-term results. So there are multiple ways in which this verse can be understood. So any reflections about this till now? Oh, it's, it's mm. beautiful. Yeah, thank you. So now I could go into one more explanation, but I'll talk about that in the next session because this is almost over and we'll talk about it. That will require some time to explain. So let's summarize. We discussed this whole verse of work with, the theme was working with detachment. Detach from results, what does it mean? So first we analyze the four parts of the verse. And it's broadly, it seems, contra-experiential for us. That we normally, we are inspired to work by our result that we get. So we go against that. And then we try to make sense of it in different ways. The first point was that results are not the same as goals. And goals come before when you set it up. Results come after. And goals can bring absorption. Setting goals can bring absorption. Fixating on rules can actually lead to distraction. Distraction and anxiety. Another way to understand that was that Gita is telling us to be process-focused, not product-focused. Mm -hmm. That it's, it's something similar, but it's just a different way of wording it. That focus on what is in your control, and if you focus on the process, the result will eventually come. And the last part we discussed was how that that seek something beyond material results. That means that we seek a result beyond duality. 
So rather than just the positive side of the duality, we are seeking to go above. And if I'm seeking dollars five million, then this dollar five loss or dollar five gain doesn't matter so much. And uh, that last part was what is that something beyond material results? That is, could call it the bigger gain. That is self-realization, self-transformation. Like a student can study for maths, but a student can study to gain mastery in the subject. The student can study for gaining an educated mind, a trainable, a trained, trainable mind uh, to learn self-discipline. So all these are also substantial gains. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.